soreness, we may have tightness, but we will go on. This is Jonathan Fagan with Danielle Lerner making her triumphant return to the Texas Sports Nation Rockets podcast. And we are going to soldier on through the rest of the year despite the soreness and tightness that has spread through the Rockets because those things are quite contagious. Once it gets in a locker room, as we are seeing throughout the league, it's pretty hard not to keep everybody from getting sore and tight. So the Rockets are going to find a way to play with the young guys who are left rather than the veterans who will be sitting out. What do you think, Danielle? Obviously, welcome back. You're overcoming your soreness and tightness. Uh, glad that you're back after I had to ramble on by myself for last week's show. But the Rockets are going to sit down their, their veterans for the rest of the year. And I think people are probably pretty happy about that. I mean, uh, as I joked to you last night, you know, we had the opposite situation where you, the, the veteran, was doing fine and soldiering on. And I, the, the rookie on the beat, uh, was momentarily plagued by illness and considered shutting it all down for the rest of the season. But yes, I'm back. Christian Wood. Eric Gordon and Dennis Schroeder will not be back for Houston. Um, and I think that, you know, that makes a lot of sense, particularly where Eric and Dennis are concerned because they are probably departing. They're looking for new jobs. There's no point in them really playing for, for the Rockets anymore. There's no point in them potentially actually injuring themselves and endangering their chances of landing somewhere new. Um, and of course that's, you know, why the Rockets don't just come out and, and, and say, oh, they're being shut down for the season because they don't want to limit their chances of going somewhere else. Um, Christian Wood's situation is a little more of a gray area for me. Like, what do you think about, about that and why he's being included in this? Well, I, I think in a lot of ways with Christian, you sit him so you can get more minutes for the younger guys. Alperin Shangoon, and we'll talk about him in a minute, but uh, Alperin Shingun, KJ Martin, uh, Usman Garuba, who has really missed almost his whole rookie season uh, with a series of injuries and a stint with health and safety protocols that put him out and put him out on a night he was going to play a lot, the night in Philadelphia where Christian Wood was suspended for a game. And that's when, after everything else that had happened with Garuba, especially the fractured wrist, that's when he tested positive and had to sit out again. So sitting Christian Wood allows those guys to start playing even more in the case of Shangun, KJ Martin, and to play at all in the case of Usman Garuba. And he's under contract for another year. So they don't, they know everything they're going to know about him with Eric Gordon. Obviously they know everything they're going to know about him He's got another, actually, he's got two years left on his contract. One is fully guaranteed, assuming the Rockets don't win the championship this year or next. So there's nothing more to learn. And again, he takes minutes away from young guys. They can reach a decision on when they might move him. They have a lot of time, a lot of trade windows to do that. There's no need to, there's no such thing as showcasing at this stage of the year. There's almost no such thing at any time time with a guy who will next year be in his 15th NBA season, they can figure out what to do there, though it seems, as you said, very unlikely that he finishes his career 
playing next to Jalen Green and uh, KJ Martin and all the other young kids, Josh Christopher, whoever they get. Next. I should have just said, you know, Jabari Smith, whoever. I don't know that that's going to happen. With Schroeder, it's more interesting. They wanted to look at him. They wanted to see how he might fit, see what kind of option he might be as a free agent. But with no bird rights, and he's not an ideal fit because he is more of an instant offense lead guard than a playmaking point guard. Well, they have that. They need, it's very hard to find. There is almost nothing left that is the playmaking point guard. But they wanted to get a look. So they took a look for 15 games. Now, they didn't do any damage, really, to their lottery chances. They're tied for the worst record in the league. Now you can go these last seven games, including last night's against the Spurs, and go entirely with players with three years or fewer, mostly with fewer years of experience in the NBA. And as I said in the beginning, I think, Rocket fans, they're on board with this. They're just fine with it. And they'd rather see the young guys anyway. Oh, yeah. I mean, we got to see some lineups last night against the Spurs that we really haven't seen a whole ton. Mostly, you know, the the three young guards, Porter Green and Christopher, sharing the floor for extended periods. And then also some Dacia Nick's minutes, of course. You know, they want him to, to be tested out at point guard so he would come in whenever Porter went out. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is what Rockets fans have wanted all along, right? There's been the clamors of, like, more Shangoon minutes, more more green minutes even, even though he's, he starts and plays a lot. He played 40 minutes last night and took, like, 24 shots, uh, season-high shots. So um, that is the benefit of these situations where you are sitting the vets and you have a short bench. It's just more time for those guys. Are those actual development minutes? No, you're not really going to develop guys in these last six games. But as you said, it's all about absorbing information that the Rockets can use in the off season and then going into next season. Yeah. You know, I, I'm glad you said that. Cause I, I agree. Well, I guess I should be glad you said it, even if I disagree, but I do agree. There's not that much development that happens, especially with the guys who've been playing anyway, by increasing their minutes from 24 to 30 you know, for six games, it's not like, oh boy, there's the change, you know, there, and there's lots of ways to develop. Right now, in one sense, you can say the Rockets plan has worked in that the most important thing was the development of Jalen Green. And there's no doubt that has happened. You can see it in the numbers. You can see it in the way he gets his shots, the way he has a better understanding uh, of, how to move with and without the ball and where his shots will be. He is shooting better, a lot better, but a lot of that is because of what he does before he goes up for the shot. Uh, His shot really hasn't been tweaked that much. The timing of it, the rhythm of it has been, but the shot itself, I think the big change is, is you watch him within the offense. And, you know, he even said the words, it's all slowed down for him. Uh, you know, I said on the podcast last week, the Rockets drinking game could be you take a drink every time an announcer says he's figuring it out. He's starting to figure it out. Oh, take another drink. Just you may better use an eyedropper or you'll be smashed. Uh, maybe dangerously so. But those announcers, I can't blame them. They're, they're right. I find myself 
fighting the repetition. A couple numbers to sort of back that up. In January, he made 32.8% of his shots, 23.7% of his threes. In March, 48.4% and 39.3% of his threes. He didn't, now he was in a shooting slump and that, that made the numbers worse. You know, and he, he was a young guy who really didn't know how to get out of a slump. And, and maybe next time he'll have a better way out by betting, get, getting different shots, better shots. But the big difference is his ability to get a shot. So development with him, a long way of saying, the development with Jalen Green has happened. We've seen it. Yeah, it, it has unquestionably. And I think that was the primary goal of this season. I feel like we've hammered this point home in every single podcast talking about like, oh, well, wins, wins would be nice, but that's not, that's not the, the primary objective right now. So people are probably sick of hearing it by, by this point. But that's why I think it's so funny that now that the vets are sitting, they're like, oh, well, six games left. So now it's all about development for these guys for this last couple of weeks. Um, which, you know, is, is oversimplifying a little bit. But I do think that it's the chance to look at some combinations that we haven't seen before. And I thought Josh Christopher was really, really good last night against the Spurs. And I think he, it's clear that he's getting more comfortable playing alongside both Green and Porter. Yeah, he's an exciting guy to have because, you know, he's been very up and down. There's, it hasn't been the sort of the steady climb in production or anything like that. But, and lately especially, Silas has been saying this regularly, that you can never question the work with him. That Right now, you say, who's the hardest working guy on the team? And maybe that's not the kind of thing you can quantify to saying one guy is. But if one guy is, I'd say it's him. Because it's not just that he's always there after practice and shoot-arounds, getting more shots, doing more drills. You watch him sometimes... And he is working on simulation of game shots. You know, one dribble jump shot, two dribbles to the left, step back. While other guys are, okay, we've done the shooting drills. We've had the practice. We've done the shooting drills after. Now we're doing a little shooting contest to keep getting some shots. He's working. He's not even into the contest part as often. There are other times he's actually just working. And, you know, he has some tools to begin with. You combine those two things, he has a real chance. And so that's exciting. And yeah, as you say, okay, play with different combinations couldn't hurt, especially if it's the Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, Josh Christopher combination, because if Eric Gordon isn't going to be that guy and, you know, you don't know how the draft goes or who else comes in in whatever way, but there could be quite a few minutes in three guard lineups as they've been playing, or if you call Josh Christopher a small forward, whatever you call him there could be a good deal of playing time with those two guys. Uh, last night we saw some of that, and it looked good. Well, I think it's interesting, too, because Josh even said this after the game, as he said, sometimes I get tunnel vision, meaning sometimes he just wants to go full steam ahead to the basket, and he doesn't really look up and recognize what else is happening on the floor or think to slow down maybe and wait. And Kevin Porter Jr. said something along the, the same lines, which is that, it's important that Josh as a creator, meaning he doesn't always go get his own shots, but has to think about playing within the offense. These minutes, these extra minutes will be important 
for that. And specifically these lineups with the, the three guards that we've mentioned. So, you know, we talk about Josh Christopher all the time as being a, a combo guard and that's where he's most comfortable. Um, and Dacian Nix obviously is a guy that they're looking at as more of like the, the next true point guard to back up Kevin Porter Jr. or whoever. But if you're going to be playing these three guard lineups more, there doesn't necessarily need to be a hierarchy within the three of them of, okay, Kevin Porter Jr. is always the one who brings the ball up or Jalen Green is always the one who does this or whatever. But I think that you need to learn when there is overlap of skills, um, you know, who, who can be trusted in which moments. And there was a, a play last night late in the game where um, Kevin Porter Jr. passed to, to Josh Christopher for a three in the corner late and, Porter wanted that shot for himself at first. He That's the shot that he wants to take. But the play b- broke down. He wasn't able to get it off. And he saw Josh there and trusted him to make the shot and made that read. And that's the type of play that the Rockets want to see from those guys going forward. Yeah, and the other part of that where you said it doesn't have to be Kevin Porter Jr. bringing it up every time. It can be the other guys. And as Josh Christopher continues to grow, and without question next year, Jalen Green – they will take the ball off up and more than just bring the ball up. Uh, they can initiate offense. Where Jalen Green's job now is to finish the possessions. He can be the guy who, who begins those possessions. And I think he will be that guy, the facilitator, much more next season. Josh Christopher, he's not a point guard. And the same maybe to some degree can be said of Kevin Porter Jr. But they could still facilitate more than they did as rookies who began their season as teenagers in their second year, which could even help Kevin Porter Jr., who has become somewhat more efficient as the year's gone on. He certainly shot better because he's been choosier about the shots to get, shots to take. But maybe where he's not that kind of point guard, he he's not a bad passer, but there's more to being a point guard than just that pass. Well, maybe that can work when those two guys are taking on more of that role. And I'm I'm certain Jalen Green will be taking on more of that role. And then if they're playing more and more with Alper and Shangun, who has a chance to be one of the best passing centers, non-Jokic division in the NBA. You can, you I mean, you look at the Nuggets, they, they don't mess with a point guard. There, there's not a point guard. The, the, they have a point center. Well, I'm not saying Shingun's going to be Jokic, but you can run offense through him and maybe more so, probably more so next season to where maybe there's not the need for that sort of point guard, um, which brings up two other big questions. is Can he play? Can he be as effective sharing the floor with Christian Wood if he is back. Or, you know, the Rockets do sort of have a need for a big rim protector guy. Uh, how's that work with Shangun and that kind of guy? That, that's a tough fit there too. Um, I don't know that they're going to get the answers to all of that in, in the last six games. But you can see more of Shangun probably in the last six games and the Rockets running offense through Shangun probably in the last six games. Yeah, of course, Shangun is questionable to play on Wednesday um, with a left 
thigh bruise that he sustained late in the game against the Spurs. I'm so glad you picked up my probably. I wasn't too obvious on that, was I? Uh, I, I don't think so, but I think obvious is good in an audio medium sometimes, right? <laughs> um, we'll see. Good. <laughs> Look at us. We're, we're at the end of our season, too, so it's all flowing. The offense is flowing. Um, you know, our, our passes are crisp. I think, all I think down we've to got it. Last second three off the backboard. Uh, hopefully it doesn't go in and out two times like uh, KJ Martin's shot last night. Um, that would be such a shame after, okay, we're, you're going to sit Christian Wood and only to have all of a sudden Alpi uh, if he has to go out with with a thigh bruise. I, I don't know that he will have to go out or if he does, if he'd have to stay out, but that would be the shame of it. Then it would just be even more uh, Uzi minutes, I, which I, I love that Usman Garuba, we've heard, Silas and other people call him Oos, but last night it was either Josh or or KPJ who called him Uzi, and uh, I, I like that as a nickname for him. Yeah, that's not bad. Although if if they stick with Ooze, you know, you get they could be the Ooze Cruise, and you know, to go along with the Dacian Nation. So they got all kinds of marketing things going if those guys can play, and that's what matters. You know, move on. You've lit the fuse. All right, whatever. It's time to move on to the next pun. But, uh, yeah, you would see more Garuba. And we might talk about Bruno Fernando, too. I mean, if there's one game that, let's say, Shengun doesn't play, I guess you bring him in, you know, which I, I am interested to see him. You know, and that's the kind of thing where people understandably view the last weeks of a season of a team at the bottom. As we speak, the Rockets are tied with the Orlando Magic for the worst record in the NBA. And uh, there's nothing to see here. I, I find it interesting. I find it like Summer League. I'd like to see another game or two of Bruno Fernando. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we, have, we haven't seen a lot of him, obviously. And for the same reason as uh, they they wanted to test out Schroeder to begin with. It's like, well, obviously they're seeing more. We should say they're seeing more than we are because they have practices and shoot-arounds and all of that stuff. So it's not like because Fernando isn't playing in games, the Rockets have no baseline of information for him. Um, that's something I think that we forget sometimes. But uh, I do think that it would be interesting to see him out there, not just really for if he's – if, first and foremost for if he is going to fit, but I think they probably already have an idea of that. But just for kind of a, a prototype of different players who can play either alongside Sangoon or just period. As you said, they need some guy who can be kind of that big rim protector. Can Alpi be that? Maybe. Do they have to maybe go get someone else who can be that in the meantime while he keeps developing his skills? Maybe. You know, that guy, since he might not be a priority especially if Christian Wood remains. You you don't want to invest heavily because the minutes will be going to Shangun and to Wood as they have this year, which has kept Bruno Fernando from playing. You know, and it's not always about him, but in terms of seeing a guy or developing a guy, the priority is going to be on the first round picks, Shangun and Garuba. And so, all right, you're next in the line, but there's a line. It's ahead of you. And so that's been rough for him. And it speaks to maybe what to think about as you do roster construction. I think they'd much rather take that sort of guy uh, 
with the Nets pick than they would with their own pick. In other words, Mark Williams rather than Jalen Duran. Uh, where, okay, you know, maybe we need that on the roster, but there's other things that they would value more. And, and I think they do like the idea, you know, they're hoping Shingun's the answer as a center. You know, he, and then you figure out what kind of four fits next to him. Maybe that is Wood is better defensively as a four. He, he's there's some issues. I don't know. They're they're just not a very good defensive team. So it's hard to find what will work until they grow, until they improve in some ways. And some of that's got to be Shangun being a physical center. If he's going to play starters minutes, can he be a big strong guy? He's not going to be a swift guy. Can he be big and strong in battle? Valanchunas and Adams and, and not just look so overwhelmed by their size. Um, so there's a long way to go for him that isn't going to happen in the last six games of the year. But, you know, it's more things to consider. And, and you know, to get an idea, watch them and, and try and forecast, okay, it's not that he's there yet, but this is the guy we can put with him when he gets wherever you believe he'll go. Maybe that's what this whole season's been about, is trying to get, as you said, a baseline for this is where they are, this is where we think they will be or won't be, and then you do your team building based on that. So six more games of information, you'll take it. They, you know, teams view Summer League as valuable. Well, that's about six games. So it's there's some value to this. True. And the, and the six games that are remaining, you know, we were talking about the Rockets sitting their guys earlier they're not obviously the only team that is doing that um now the the games that are left it is a a handful of teams who are still you know in playoff position they've got the kings two games against the kings first kings are out of it but then the timberwolves the nets the raptors and the hawks um all are are in decent position and and somewhat have something to play for so, you know, there was all this talk about load management a couple seasons ago, and I think that somewhat comes into play for playoff-bound teams, um, whereas the, the teams that have nothing left to play for are more inclined to sit guys for reasons that we already explained, like the Rockets are doing. So it'll be interesting just to see who is playing and who is not playing for the Rockets' opponents uh, in these last few games. Yeah, I don't think you're going to see the Kings play Fox or Sabonis again this season. So, I mean, that would fit. It's not quite, you know, last night, Oklahoma City, Portland with 20 guys out. And there were some real legitimate injuries and some that are very unfortunate, some that were two guys who are trying to play their way into NBA careers. So they weren't sitting to tank. They're they're the guys who play when other people are sitting to tank. But 20 guys sitting out uh, between the two teams, just incredible uh, the Kings, uh, that's your point guard and your center. It would have been nice if Shangun is playing to see him play against Sabonis. But those other four teams, now you would sit a guy who's a little banged up because you're in the playoffs, and that's the other reason teams sit players this time of year. I want him full strength when the playoffs begin, so I'm going to be extra cautious. But for the most part, those four teams, the Timberwolves, Raptors, Nets, and Hawks, have something to play for, and that's good for the Rockets that are playing, as it was last night. 
where it's better you go mop up the shell of the blazers. That doesn't do you any good. You feel a little better, but it's, if any of this is about that, quote, development, you're better off. Go ahead and play against those four teams with something to play for. Um, that'll be good to see. It'll be good to see a few more games where opposing teams go to practice late in the year, go to shoot or shoot around and have a game plan for this is what we're going to do to defend Jalen Green, which is the thing he faces with this team, um, which is good for him. The teams are game planning for him. Uh, you're not going to game plan for pretty much anybody else. Even when the veterans were playing, you might have with Christian Wood. They really didn't, I don't think, with Eric Gordon because of how Eric Gordon was used. Jalen Green has to face that. He wouldn't be facing that if you're playing a bunch of teams just running out the clock on the season. These are teams that need to win. That's what they're going to talk about at shoot-around and at practice. And so there's some value to that, that, you know, value that you don't get in a summer league game. So there's things that, all right, you're not, they're not going to be putting that on Saturday night on ABC. But for the Rockets organization, when they're studying the videotape, these are six games that would be somewhat valuable tape for them and experiences for KPJ, Jalen Green, Josh Christopher, even Dacian Nix, uh, KJ Martin and, and Jayshon Tate to some degree. There's some use to this. There is, there is. And uh, I suspect we will keep talking about all of it. Hopefully, knock on wood, neither of us will be shut down for the season. So we're going to finish strong and get some tape about us too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Please uh, send us any of your notes uh, listeners and uh, we'll, we'll take into account for our off season work. Yeah. Off season is going to be interesting with this bunch. We'll have, obviously have a lot of time to talk about that. I, I think you could tell I'm looking forward to these last games for different reasons. I want to see Dacian Knicks. You know, I want to see different guys, see them a little more and you know, we'll end with this sort of thing. If you're a Rockets fan and you've sort of spent the year in that sort of fight amongst yourself, gee, I want them to get the best draft pick possible, but I don't want to root against my team. Well, how do you feel battle that out now? Well, you want to see the guys who will be back be good at basketball. You want to see Dacian Nick show you something that says, wow, he's a keeper. I, I would think. Um I think that's something you and it's too late. They can't hurt their lottery odds that much now, and they won't. They're not going to win out or anything like that. The, the, their lottery odds are going to be just fine. So you can feel good about that and hope that whoever, Josh Christopher, shows himself to be a real asset to have. Those two things can happen down the stretch. Regardless, when we visit again next week, two Kings and Timberwolves game from now, when we're back again next week. But thanks to everybody for joining us this week. Every Tuesday is the Texas Sports Nation Rockets podcast. Get it where you get podcasts. Thanks for being with us. For Daniel Lerner, I'm Jonathan Fagan. See you next week.